Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another interview for Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this week we have Craig Fuller. He is the Director of Operations at Amazon Australia. Everybody knows who Amazon is. No need to introduce the company themselves. But the great part about talking to Craig today is that we get to hear about what goes on behind the scenes. We all receive that big brown box that shows up at our doorstep with all the things stuck inside it. How did it get there? Who packed it? What packed it? We talk about robotics. Yes, the robots are here, and I want to know how they're helping impact uh, the operations inside those big, huge warehouses that Amazon does have. They're opening a new presence again in New South Wales, and we talk about their new upcoming warehouse there. A lot to discuss here, and most most importantly, yes, we talk about COVID-19 and the impact that it's had on online shopping, and obviously as a result, the impact on Amazon. But when it comes to robotics, I love the way that Craig and I are able to talk about the reality that robots aren't here to replace us. They're here to help us. And that's such an important thing. And I'm glad that we could get that from this interview. But so much more to discuss with Craig right now. Now, Craig, before we get into some of the more serious questions of the podcast, uh, why does Amazon send me a box that would fit a pumpkin when it only contains something the size of an apple? Uh, Ideally, our systems shouldn't allow that to happen. Um, Sometimes um, the human intervention may get in the way and they ignore the prompt that the screen is giving them. But we have algorithms that... um, work to um, figure what's the best size box for the be- to make the best size products to reduce the amount of air that we ship. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we're not in the business of shipping air. That doesn't make any sense at all. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a fail if we ship a matchbox in the size of a cardboard that a pump could, could fit in. But our, I'd say 99.9% of the time we, we do get it right, but there are occasional times when... No, that makes sense. And, and look, to be honest, I probably ordered just that much stuff on uh, on Amazon that it probably is that 1% that's actually coming in oversized anyway. But oh, um, at, at the end of 2017 is really when Amazon sort of made the announcement to sort of land and make a real presence in Australia. And yeah. I guess three years later, it's probably safe to say that Amazon's doing pretty okay here. We are. We're very happy with uh, our growth. I think um, from a timing point of view, you know, online shopping has certainly um, taken off in Australia. Australia has been lagging behind the rest of the world in terms of, you know, customers' willingness to shop online. But certainly in the last two, three years, there's been a, a, a shift. COVID has certainly, you know, driven that even to a, a, a better level. But um, we've certainly been, uh, you know, happy with our success so far. Good, good. And look, I became a Prime subscriber almost immediately. Um, you know, that flat monthly fee for, you know, effectively unlimited delivery on eligible products, it was a no-brainer, especially considering how much there is available on Prime. Um, how does this work out for Amazon when, you know, look, I'm, I'm pretty guilty of sometimes ordering something that's worth only a few bucks and then it shows up on my doorstep the next day? Yeah, I think the wonderful thing about Prime membership is that it's, it's a loyalty program that's multifaceted. It's now we call it internally a, like a smorgasbord, all you can all you can eat. So mm. you know, whilst you might order um, you know one product and you might think that you know the free delivery is costing us um, money, which there is obviously a cost to it, but because you also watch video, you might watch the music, you might be a 
you know, someone who's um, using our um, game streaming service. Um, you might be a, an audio book listener. You know, it's multifaceted. So, you know, we look take a very holistic approach to, to Prime membership and we, you know, really value Prime members. They're um, very important to us and, and uh, we really appreciate their loyalty. And given the pandemic that we're currently in, um, you know, all businesses are impacted in, in some way. And I assume that for Amazon, it's probably been a busier time than normal. What sort of challenges have you guys seen in this, in this period? Well, first and foremost, um, at Amazon in, in the operations, in our fulfillment centers, we put, you know, safety of our associates first. Mm. And COVID forced us to change over 150 different processes to keep our employees as safe as possible. I'm very proud to say that today we haven't had one positive uh, case of COVID-19. But wow. we have everything from the time you arrive, you know, we've got thermal temperature scanners, so we measure body temperature on arrival. We've got sanitation centres everywhere, so very easy access to keep, you know, your hands uh, and uh, clean. We've got face masks available uh, for everyone, and today we make it compulsory for people to wear face masks in the fulfilment centres. We've done a lot of work on social distancing, not only in the obvious areas around break areas or bathrooms, but also in all of our processes so that, you know, people are two minute, two metres socially distance anywhere uh, inside the fulfilment centre. Um, so it's a combination of doing lots of different things to make sure that our associates' safety is, is just really prioritised in this time. And then over and above all of that, yes, we've had, certainly had um, a good, you know, surge and increase in demand as households are shopping on, online. So it's a, it's been a very challenging, you know, four or five months or so since mid-March when, you know, the pandemic started to force us to do a lot of things differently. But, uh, yes, I said, very proud of the fact that to date um, we've created a very safe environment and had no uh, COVID cases to date, touch wood. That's the best sort of result that you could hope for is, you know, looking after your staff first. And it was interesting hearing, um, you know, Woolworths, for example, or, or Coles, I think it might have been, talking about, you know, just how much busier they've been as a result of the pandemic, almost like it's Christmas Eve every day of the week um, in terms of business. Are you are you seeing that deliveries could be potentially as high as around, you know, leading up to Christmas that, um, that Woolworths and others would be seeing? Uh, our June... Delivery and June is usually a quiet month for us. Was bigger than our December delivery. So, wow, June twenty twenty was bigger than Christmas twenty nineteen. Staggering! It's amazing. And and look, and to be honest, it's actually a good thing too because if people are online shopping, it means they're not you know exposing themselves and things like that. So it's 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 a good number to hear. Yeah, um, and and on that, um, we're very grateful, Jeff, for our service um, delivery partners like Australia Post. I mean, you know, when you think of the, the overall increase of online, um, you know, they're the ones who are doing the last mile delivery to customer doorsteps. So, you know, it's been a, a team effort by, you know, multiple people. So it's, a, it's a, you know, a, a very interesting outcome for all. That's a good point. And I can imagine how much busier they've been as well, Australia Post. But uh, now, Amazon, you guys have announced uh, a new distribution centre coming to New South Wales, and it's going to be huge. From from what I'm reading, multiple levels, you know, typical Amazon style. It's loaded with robots. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, it's a it's a huge facility, um, equivalent of 22 rugby fields or 
you know, it's the same footprint as Taronga Park Zoo. So to give you an idea of just the footprint of the building, uh, yeah. yeah, four stories tall. I think it's probably going to be one of the largest buildings in the Southern Hemisphere. So, um, you know, it's a big footprint, but it does a few things for us. And, and you know, at Amazon, we always start with the customer and, and we work backwards. So from a customer point of view, we'll be able to offer more selection and faster delivery. They're really, really important to us. And this facility will enable us to do that. The other thing that it will do is create over 1,500 jobs. And a lot of those jobs are, you know, new age type jobs, you know, jobs around science, technology, engineering and mathematics. Um, you know, we need people who are trained in artificial intelligence and, um, you know, computer programming to be able to problem solve for us on the on the shop floor. And we know that, um, you know, the type of robotic systems that we employ in Amazon, you know, really create employment. It's not a question of robots versus humans. It's really a question of, you know, it is about and. And uh, since mm -hmm. Amazon started introducing robotics into our fulfillment center network around the world, we've created over 300,000 jobs. So this is testament that, uh, you know, it's technology married with human endeavor to create a great customer experience. And, and I think that's an important thing to say because, you know, there is always that thought that, you know, we're all going to be replaced by robots. And and from what I can see, the, the robots that you're using are actually bringing the shelves closer to the humans so that they can actually pick the stock. Tell me how, how that works. Sure, you're absolutely right. It's all about the associate experience because, you know, if we can have people lifting less and walking less in our fulfillment centres, then their safety, again, is prioritised. So we let the robots do the heavy lifting and we let the humans do the smart work. And the way the robots work is that they're a, a unit with a, an eye on the bottom and, you know, it's got wheels and, a, and they're only probably about, I know, 30 centimetres tall. They're, they're in, in height, they're not big, but they slide under underneath shelving and they pick up the shelving and they move the shelving to, to point to point. And so by picking up that shelf, which has got product on it, it brings it to the packer at the packing station so the packer then can take the product off the shelving and they can put it into that right-sized cardboard box and so we can fulfill the, the, the customer order. So it's um, really cool technology. Um, you know, we've been developing it now for seven or eight years and uh, it's, you know, we've learned a lot from it and it's providing a fantastic capability um, in our fulfillment centres so that we can really drive that customer experience. And I'm quite curious around that part too, because the the robots have they been developed by by Amazon, or is there a third party involved in in bringing that technology in, or is this something that you guys claim as your own? Uh, no, it's not our own. Uh, we bought a company called Kiva K I V A. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking, yeah, probably seven or eight years ago, um, and um, since the uh, acquisition of Kiva, we've certainly expanded it. You know, when we acquired Kiva, the, the technology was only in some trial sites in North America. And now that technology is being rolled out to 50 plus uh, fulfillment centers around the world. Um, and Amazon's brought to that technology a lot of the um, artificial intelligence, uh, the use of um, Amazon Web Services to you know, capture all the, the data that's required to drive that type of system. And then the other smarts on the whole thing is the way that we've designed our pack stations in, in that uh, type of situation. So we use a lot of um, uh, visual recognition systems um, so that the camera can see into the shelving and see where empty shelves are so we know where we need to you know, stow product away. Um, it can look for breakages. It can look for um, error 
It can recognize, you know, if it says, well, it should be a bottle and someone's picking up a can, it can tell the difference in, in um, those type of visual recognition systems so that we reduce the, the error and pick. Um, so there's lots of smarts built into all around it that Amazon sort of brought to it since the acquisition of Kiva seven or eight years ago. That's incredible. And, you know, if we, if we you know, gaze into a crystal ball here and we think about the future of, you know, warehouse distribution and, you know, particularly when it comes to these sort of robots helping, helping out um, and doing automation, where do you see that potentially going? Oh, who knows? I mean, as I said to you a little bit earlier on, I'm, I'm a child of the analog era. And so, you know, I just am absolutely blown away with anything that's digital and what it's doing to create a, you know, a, a world which is you know, smarter, faster, more enjoyable, et cetera. So, you know, I can certainly see uh, in terms of our fulfillment centres that we will continue to need to have, you know, well-trained, capable people to to do the, the you know, the problem-solving tasks that, that are required. But if we keep getting robots to do the, the manual, tedious-type work, well, then that can only be a benefit to everyone. Agreed. Agreed. And, and look, earlier in the year, um, Amazon launched Flex and, you know, essentially it's enabling the opportunity for anyone, probably even me, uh, to become a delivery driver for, for Amazon. You know, how does, how does this work and, and what has the uptake been like? Yeah, no, we did launch uh, Flex in, in January um, of this year and that's where people can go onto an app. Um, you can download the app on you know, iTunes or an Android um, um, store mm -hmm. and yes it does allow anybody to um, be a delivery driver for us um, you get uh, given a block um, of time uh, which is no more than four hours and we give you a certain number of parcels to deliver in that, that period of time and we certainly make sure that the number of parcels can be delivered well within that time period within that four-hour block because, you know, again, safety is important to us. We want to make sure that, you know, drivers don't speed, that they, you know, drive within the constraints of the traffic congestion, et cetera, et cetera. So we're very mindful of those type of things. And what Flex gives us is an ability to um, work with demand because every day of the week and every hour in the day, we've got a different order profile. And so by having a pool of Flex drivers, it means that we can ramp up and ramp down, you know, very, very quickly to you know, make sure that we're delivering customers to when they want that that product delivered. I'm sure you're aware that you know at Amazon, customer promise is something that we're really focused on, and Flex yeah. is a way that we can ensure that that happens because it gives us a driver pool that we can um, utilize um, to um, to the customer's benefit. And you know, the drivers, it's a win-win for them because they can not only deliver parcels, but they can also, you know, be a multi-service provider. So they can still be an Uber driver and pick up passengers. Um, they can be the Uber Eats um, driver and deliver restaurant food to home, but they can also be an Amazon Flex driver and deliver parcels. So it just adds another string to their to their bow. And look, you've mentioned Uber Eats, and I have to tell you a very short story here. I had a pretty nightmare experience with them. Um, ordered, I could see the driver picked up the food from the restaurant, turns up to my place. I'm watching the guy drive, and uh, and it says it's been delivered. The bloke didn't get out of the car, didn't didn't leave the food on the doorstep, nothing. And 
you know, it, that was disappointing. It left me poor. I still got charged for the food, even though it didn't didn't arrive. Um, yeah. But on the flip side, you've got companies like, say, Domino's, who want to own that entire delivery experience. You know, they they want to be the ones that are actually driving to your place to deliver the pizza. Um, you know, where does where does Amazon sit on this? Obviously, you've got you've got these things happening with with Flex. You work with third party providers, but you know, even in the US, there's a pool of a pool of vans that Amazon uses themselves to do delivery. So. Is it sort of just trying to potentially do everything to get the product to people as fast as possible? Um, it's not a question about fast as possible. It's about making sure that we deliver the parcel when we promised promise it delivered. Because some th- things people want fast, like your meal, Uber Eats, and some things people are willing to wait, you know, a couple of days for to because um, it's not that urgent. So you've got to marry um, the speed of delivery that's right for what the customer's requiring versus the technology and capability that you have. Um, you know, once we use and engage a third-party provider like Australia Post, well, they're more relying on their systems and processes to meet the customer promise, and we've got a great yeah. partnership and they do that often. But we also know that with something like Flex, um, we're able to deal with the surges in demand and, and when, you know, people want something delivered same day, you know, we can do it. Um, with Flex, if they want to deliver it on a Saturday, we can do it. You know, it just gives us more scope and more flexibility into the um, customer delivery options that we offer. And focusing on on Flex for one more question, the uh, you mentioned around you know working in a four hour period and and helping them you know make sure they get their deliveries done in that time as well. Um, I, I've I've seen amazing examples where software is used to sort of help plan the route for. 20 deliveries to occur in the most efficient way, taking into consideration roadworks and all these other things. Does Amazon use some sort of similar software to to really help that planning for those drivers? Yes, we do. Yes, and we've got the software we use is it also um, learns itself. And so every time we send out a driver onto a route uh, and road conditions change, um, you know, roadworks might be happening, whatever it might be, um, then we keep capturing that information. And then so when we rerun the software to plan the next set of routes, it's taking all the learning that we've got over time to make sure that we're planning the most efficient and time-effective um, route for the driver. And one of the hardest things that we actually have to train our drivers on is actually to trust the software. You know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people go, oh, I know a better route to get to you know, this address. But um, as it turns out, you know, more often than not, the software is... Uh, is providing them the correct details. So, yeah, Agreed. it's a human challenge for us. And look, we can't talk about, um, you know, even Amazon or even delivery without mentioning drones. Um, you know, when when do you think my delivery of, you know, fresh socks or something like that will be delivered by a drone? Oh, I hope one day in the near future. But uh, I, I'm, that, I'm not privy to uh, the details of the drone project, unfortunately, but um, I would like drones here as much as you would. I think it'd be cool to have you know, a pair of socks or something other delivered to you know, my, my front door by a drone. I think that would be really cool. It'd be amazing. Honestly, I can't wait for it. And given I have an idea of where the new facility will be, I don't live that far away. I'm thinking it's possible, but uh, we'll have to work on that one later. Now, now, Craig, I've got some some questions I ask everybody who comes on the show. Um, there's no right or wrong answers, um, and they're fairly short and sharp. Um, you know, the first one is, what's your favorite app to keep you organized? Uh, my favorite app to keep me organized is... Um, I'm a massive calendar user, so the calendar on my phone gets a, a, a real beating out. But um, I uh, use um, 
Yeah, no, I'm only my calendar to keep me organised. Yeah, I don't use a, a, a note-taking app. When I'm out and about inspecting things, I certainly use the note function, but, um, mm. yeah, that's not um, – I don't use apps to really organise myself. No, that's fine. And do you have a, a favourite social media app that you use? Um, yeah, I tend to just uh, concentrate on Instagram and, um, yeah, that's the main one I use. And when you do have five minutes to spare between meetings, what's the first thing that you'll do on your phone? <laughs> Check my emails. <laughs> That's a pretty common answer. Don't don't worry about that. And uh, and Craig, do you wear a smartwatch or a traditional uh, analog? I guess timepiece. No, I prefer the uh, the old old watch with um, with hands and uh, and, a, and a and a watch face. So yeah, no, I haven't got an Apple Watch. It's also one you don't have to charge every day, which is uh, which is another thing you don't have to worry about, which is nice. a good thing. Yeah, kinetic technology. Yeah. <laughs> and when we used to be able to fly, uh, did you use the in-flight entertainment system or would you bring your own device or, or even a book? Um, I'm a big podcaster. So uh, when I fly, I usually listen to podcasts. I don't blame you. Um, you're, you're on one now. And uh, Craig, what do you love to do to disconnect? Uh, I love uh, going for long walks with my um, two Labradors um, and also I'm a golfer. I love getting out on the golf course and trying to um, get that white ball into a hole and I'm very bad at it. <laughs> and uh, and look, finally, this show is called Technology Uncorked. Uh, the second part of the show is usually me sitting down with a glass of wine talking about the news of the week, uh, the technology reviews and things like that. Uh, if we were sitting down for a drink, Craig, what would be your pick? I'm a Pinot Noir guy. Oh, cool. Any any favourites? Um, yeah, I really quite like the Tasmanian Cool Climate Pinot Noirs and I also uh, really enjoy the New Zealand uh, Otago region Pinot Noirs. Lovely place. Lovely mm. place too. Craig, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. Look, it's, it's amazing to talk to someone from a company that uh, most of us probably never – see the staff that actually work within within the four walls so uh, thank you so much for joining the show jeff it's been a pleasure talking to you thanks craig